Welcome back to another week of the NFL season, week 18, the last week before the playoffs. And it's felt like an eternity since I last talked to you guys, because obviously unfortunate things that happened on Monday night with DeMar Hamlin, prayers up to him. But that felt like so long ago. That was on Monday and it's Saturday now. And that felt like weeks ago for me. I don't know. Like this has just been such a long week, dragged out. Uh, and then, of course, the NFL had to figure out what they were going to do with that Bills and Bengals game. Ultimately, it got canceled. At that point, they had to address, okay, what are they going to do with the seedings? Because you had the Bengals, the Bills, and the Chiefs all fighting for a first-round bye. So I'm going to do my best to explain all the rules to you guys. I have like pictures that I screenshotted and everything, and I've, I've been looking at it. Still kind of confusing, but we'll go along with the seedings and all that as we go through these games. But Preston Gledhill, welcome back. I haven't seen y'all in, in about a week or so. How y'all doing? I guess we'll start with you, Preston. Doing solid. Got to go to that USC versus UCLA game, which was pretty great. Catching up with college basketball and everything. College football was amazing last weekend. Mm -hmm. NFL football has been great. Not much more you can ask for. Yeah, no, those were the best semifinal games I've ever witnessed in my life. Coming down to a, a game, losing field goal with the Ohio State and Georgia game. And then, of course... The thrill that we got between Michigan and TCU just kind of turning into a shootout after TCU had control of that game early on and Michigan just shooting themselves in the foots. Uh, but yeah, just couldn't have asked for a better, better semifinals. I, I was talking to, I think, I, I don't know if I mentioned it to y'all, but I was, I was talking to some other friends. I was like, that might have been like the greatest like semifinal game since OU Georgia back in 2017, 2018 season. I don't know if it's as good, but it was, it was definitely up to that level. So that's, that's what kind of weekend we got. Glad Hill, I know you. I know you enjoyed uh, some football this weekend. How'd it go? Great, man. This is first of all phenomenal college games this past weekend. Um, just some great storylines going to the national championship. I was almost hoping we'd get Michigan Georgia because I I knew I got I, I think that would be a better game. But I mean, you got to get you know hats off to TCU. I think they're a lot more physical than Michigan gave them credit for. Um, I think Michigan just. I don't think Harbaugh went into it with this mindset, but I think the players, they just assume, okay, we're going to be able to run the football and we're going to control this game. We're going to play it on our terms and we're going to open it up for JJ McCarthy. And it, it just, it didn't pan out for them at all. I think they were a little overconfident coming in and they had that big run play early on and then just didn't play true to Michigan. Just instead of playing with, with force and, and running up the middle, they decided to, you know, do the Philly special and the, and then that that fullback handoff was really weird. You should have, you know, QB sneaked it into the end zone. But Michigan really beat themselves in that game. Um, and TCU obviously made the plays too. So that was crazy. And then that Ohio State-Georgia game, insane. Um, I, I found myself rooting for Ohio State toward the end of the game. And it's just tough. It didn't work out for them. They, they definitely should have won that game, in my opinion. But this week is, is, is fascinating because you have so many, you know, with week 18, you have so many – storylines like there's so many different types of games that we can see you got the play-in game tonight like winner wins the division loser doesn't make the playoffs at all you have a potential winner makes the playoffs in that green bay lions game you know for the final game of the regular season sunday night you know of course seattle could kind of derail that and then he has some interesting scenarios in the AFC with the Steelers, the Dolphins, and the Patriots. Really interesting storylines this week. And then, of course, the, the, maybe the most fascinating part to me is, you know, you got three open coaching jobs right now with the Panthers, Broncos, and Colts. And after this week, you know, after Monday, you know, they call it Black Monday, I think. We're going to have how many more openings? Who knows? Like, who, who else is going to get fired? It feels like 
we get like a surprise one every single year. Like last year we had the Brian Flores getting fired. That kind of surprised everybody. And then we have a couple that we think are coming. I don't know. Like there's lots of teams that aren't making the playoffs. Who knows who's safe? I mean, I heard rumors that like, you know, the Dolphins, because they've been losing recently, like nobody's job is safe there. Couldn't imagine they could possibly move on from Mike McDaniel. I, I don't, I think he just needs consistent quarterback play to succeed or continue succeeding as a head coach. But I mean, who knows? Who knows what these owners, you know, can do? And um, it's going to be, you know, really interesting to follow. So that that's maybe the most fascinating part to me is is who's going to keep, you know, keep their jobs after this weekend. Yep, lots of great storylines to go. Lots of unfortunate storylines uh, with some like some of these seedings. I I just you know I was hearing a lot of rumors and and I tried not to believe everything I hear. So I was just going to wait till it was Adam Schefter reporting it, obviously. But man, I was I was getting a little worried because earlier in the week I was hearing all these rumors about possibly them adding an eighth team into the playoffs. I'm like, come on, you can't do that. Like that that would just it wouldn't be fair to a lot of teams, uh, especially the first seed. Like imagine like Philadelphia clinches this week, right? Fourteen and three, they clinch the number one seed. I mean, yeah, you would have home field, but that first game you don't even get a buy. You have you got actually have to play an eight seeded team who doesn't even deserve to get in. So I'm glad that that was just a rumor. That was nothing crazy. Uh, it it wouldn't have been fair, and it wouldn't have been fair to just do it on the AFC side or just one side. You got to do it for both if you were going to do it in that situation. But yeah, lots of storylines, and we got two games tonight, Saturday. You know, we got some games that reflect. We got the Chiefs and the Raiders and the Times and the Jaguars. Uh, now, now, now that you would think that the Bills and Bengals game didn't happen, that this game doesn't really mean anything, uh, but it actually does because if Kansas City wins, they clinch the number one seed. However, they wouldn't be guaranteed to have home field. So this is where it gets a little confusing. Like I said, guys, bear with me here. I'm doing my best to read into all this, but there's potential for a neutral AFC championship site uh, for all three of these teams. And if Casey loses, though and Buffalo wins, the Bills would take over the number one seed, a first round by and home field advantage because the Bills did beat them head to head and Kansas City would have had another loss and the Bills wouldn't. So that also factors that in too. So Kansas City still obviously needs to win this game. This is a big game for them. Preston, what is the spread in this one? Kansas City is 94% in favor of them right now. Kansas City opened up at nine and a half, but the line has moved to minus eight. Okay, moved to minus eight. Jarrett Stidham, that dude was balling last week against the 49ers. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was pulling for the the Raiders to pull that off uh, in OT. They ended up losing it. But Jarrett Stidham, for what we saw from him, he played pretty damn good. And like I said, I wanted them to win because if the 49ers would have lost, that would have made the Cowboys' chances of getting the number one seed even even more possible. So now we got we to gotta hope for the, the 49ers to lose to the Cardinals. It's not going to happen, but it would have been real interesting if the Raiders were able to pull that one off. So Preston, you said it's moved to eight. I'll go ahead and start this one. I got the Chiefs winning this game. You know, this one's starting at 3.30, so in about a couple hours. Uh, you know, I'll try to tune in on this one a little bit, but I, I don't think this one's going to be that competitive. Or maybe it will be, you know? Never know with these division games. Raiders seem to play the Chiefs pretty hard, and and Kansas City hasn't been blowing teams out. You know, they, they've been keeping games pretty close, uh, but they find ways to win games. So I'm going to take the Chiefs, and you know what? Give me the Raiders to cover. I like what I saw from Stidham last week. Division game in Las Vegas. To end their season, uh, I say they'll end it on a high note. They'll cover. Chiefs win twenty-eight to twenty, so they'll they'll be like right right around the spread. Gleda, who do you got in this one? Yeah, division game in Las Vegas. You got to take the Raiders to cover. I completely agree with you. I could see this being an upset. I think the Chiefs have played a lot of really close games recently. 
Haven't really blown anybody out. You know, the Raiders want to end their season on a high note. Uh, this would be a great win for Josh McDaniels going into year two um, to get this win here. Jared Stidham likely won't be the starting quarterback next year. It seems like they're going to go all in on Tom Brady, which that makes the Raiders like maybe, you know, one of the most interesting teams to follow going into this offseason with like, they're going to trade Derek Carr and then who do they who do they bring in? Is it going to be Tom Brady? Do they, can they make that happen? He's going to be a free agent, right? So he can go wherever he wants to. Can Josh McDaniels get him to Las Vegas? That's that's going to be the big story there. Um, I think the Chiefs will pull it out, though. I think that's I think it's a safe pick. Um, I don't really know all the the intricate details of the seating and and whatnot, but um, the Chiefs could definitely use this win. I think they'll pull it out in the end. But it's like a, it's going to be like a twenty seven to twenty four type of game where Raiders play well, fight hard, but the Chiefs pull it out. All right, Preston Gledhoe and I both have the Raiders covering. Do the Raiders cover? Nope. I think the Chiefs cover. Uh, Chiefs cover, minus eight. Uh, I think they go up 20 and they pull out their starters. Maybe the Raiders come back and cover, but honestly, I think the Raiders just want to be done with this season. And I don't know. I I don't think they're going to be fired up to go out on a high note for whatever reason, especially with how much energy they put out trying to win that 49ers game and then have to play the Chiefs after playing the 49ers. And the 49ers are a physical football team that you have to defend. Now you're going up against lightning speed and lots of different dual threats with Kansas City. I, I don't see it happening. Chiefs go ahead and cover uh, 30 to 20. It's a good point to bring up. You know, when, sometimes when you play a, a team so competitively, the next week you could just completely lay an egg and that, that could be for the Raiders case. So we'll see what happens. Glad, I'm glad you brought up the Tom Brady rumors because they've been flaring up a lot with Las Vegas. And I really, honestly, I don't get it personally. If you're Tom Brady, why would you want to go to Las Vegas? I, I don't get it. I mean, I'd rather, I could name a couple of reasons. And, I'd rather be there and stay with the Bucks, personally. Absolutely. Okay. Hear me out. You just got a divorce. <laughs> okay. What's the best way to deal with that? Gambling, cocaine, and strippers. Go to Vegas. There you go. Preston's, <laughs> Preston's all in on Brady to Vegas. Okay, here's the deal. This is why I don't understand why he would go to Vegas. So on paper, you have a really good roster, right? Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams. That's a good freaking team on paper. And then Denzel Perryman, solid linebacker. But I I just don't get it. You're playing with a coach who was made by Bill Belichick. And you know this coach... More than anybody else does. He was you made know, by Tom Brady, huh? Josh McDaniels was not made by Belichick. He was made by Tom Brady. Okay, he was made by Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. The system in New England, correct? Mainly yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, penetration. Okay, but we see. We talked about this, Gladhell. Some coaches are just meant to stay coordinators, and Josh McDaniels is not a good head coach, and he's stuck there. In Las Vegas, Brady knows this coach more than anybody else. And you said if he if you're if you're right about what he says, if Brady seriously made this coach, why would he want to go play for him, knowing he's not a good head coach? He knows he's a good coordinator. Why would he want to go? Yes, I get it. You have the history with him in New England, but after you watched what happened this year, do you really think going from Tampa Bay to Las Vegas is really going to be that much of a difference? Is it? 
I'm talking about team wise, not not location, because obviously you would want to be in Vegas over over Tampa Bay any day. But if we're talking about the roster, do you really think Las Vegas is significantly better than Tampa Bay right now? I think his number one option should be Miami. Personally, I think I think that would be a great destination for him. They need a good distributor of the football who can get the ball to those playmakers. Um, Play Bill twice a year. Yeah, exactly. You get to face the Patriots and Bill twice a year and really sock it to them. I think Mike McDaniel would love that. Uh, and of course, you don't know with, with Tua's health and everything, what, what kind of future he has. So if I'm Tom Brady, that would be my number one. But I don't know what he thinks of, of Josh McDaniels. Like maybe he's he thinks he can be a really good head coach. And I mean, the Raiders, they've, they've lost a lot, but they've also been playing a lot of close games down the stretch. And why did they lose those close? Why did they lose those close games? Because of Josh McDaniels. You know how many leads they've blown this year? Because of him, he sucks. He's bad. That's what we think, but who knows? Maybe, maybe he just needs to be made by Tom Brady again. Hey, like, I, who knows? You're not blaming Derek Carr. I know you're the last person to blame Derek Carr, so you got to blame somebody on that team. Well, Derek Carr has not played well this year. I'll, I'll admit that. Yeah, but you you don't just go from completing 70% of your passes to 60 in one year. There's obviously like something wrong in that locker room. Yeah. No, like that, like the, the duo of McDaniels and Carr, like that's not working that, that you cannot run it back next year and they're not. So I think Brady's number one location should be San Francisco personally. Uh, now the odds of him going there are pretty slim. Like Brock Purdy would have to play really, really bad in the playoffs and like Jimmy, and then they would have to convince Jimmy G to stay if that, if that's going to happen. I, I would, other, other than that, I wouldn't see any other reason like, Tom Brady would would end up there, but I think that obviously that'd be the best fit because you're playing with a a championship roster right away, and you're Tom Brady, so it'd just be perfect. Miami's interesting though; I I could definitely see that, and we'll see what they do about Mike McDaniel's. If they fire Mike McDaniel's though, that that will have me questioning their franchise. That that he would get a head coaching job immediately. I think Mike McDaniel, if he gets fired by the Dolphins, I think the Texans should fire Lovey Smith and hire him to coach Bryce Young. That's that's my that's my belief there, but. Interesting. How much longer until Derek Carr signs with the Colts? Oh God, let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope that doesn't happen. That that that'd be the worst spot for him, honestly. Uh, I'm gonna say Derek Carr, Washington or New York. Yeah, New York would be a good fit. Jets and the, or Giants? Jets, Jets. Yeah, not the Giants. Yeah, no, Daniel. See, as much as I like shit on Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has at least earned another year. And I don't see how you give up on Daniel Jones having a good year just to go to Derek Carr. Like, is it, it's not that much of a, of an upgrade at that point. Like at, at that point, you might as well just keep Daniel Jones for another year and see what you have. Unless like you knew like you were going to get a top five pick and you were going to draft a generational quarterback that is going to lead your franchise like right away. Okay. Then you get rid of Daniel Jones, but you know, you're a good team this year. You're in the playoffs for the first time since 2016. The culture's shifting forward. You might as well just run it back with Daniel Jones another year. It definitely the Jets. The Jets are a team that's like it's going to be an interesting QB carousel this year because you're going to want a guy like Derek Carr. You're going to want a guy like Jimmy G. Uh, and then maybe who knows? Maybe they'll try to get a guy like Tom Brady. We'll see. But the Jets definitely. I, w- I want to see Derek Carr on a team like the Jets, not the Colts. Come on now, the Colts are. Yeah, the Colts aren't looking good for, for the next few years. All right, let's go ahead and move on to this next game. This is a big game right here. This is going to decide 
the AFC South Championship. Tennessee Titans going on the road to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. 84% in favor of the Jaguars. Gladho, you were telling us a couple hours ago, you texted us saying you're so excited for this game. Don't count Vrabel and the Titans out. But Josh Dobbs is going to get the start again. Preston, what is the spread? It's in Jacksonville. Jacksonville is favored by six. Does that is that surprising? Is that too much or just right? What do you think? I think it's it's just right. Just look at the way both of these teams have been trending. And with all the injuries on the Titans, I think if you're an odds maker, this is about right. But you definitely can't count out uh, Vrabel. And, um, and I think Titans plus six is very intriguing. Okay. Well, I'll go ahead and have you start this one. Preston, this is going to decide whoever gets this will automatically get the four seed and get that home field playoff game for the first round of the wild card. So who are you going to take? Obviously, the the public is going to pick Jacksonville, but I mean, are you are you are you on the are you with the public here? Are you gonna are you gonna differ here? What you thinking? I think if you really wanted Tennessee to win this game, I'd say put your money on Tennessee money line. Um, but I think Jacksonville is going to pull it out, especially since I want Jacksonville to win this game. Jacksonville wins twenty three to twenty. I think there's a good chance Tennessee covers unless Jacksonville just comes out and plays really hot and really confident. Um, I'm not sure about that, though, because this Titans team, they're going to be coached up to play physical from the get-go. That's how they're going to to go about trying to win this game. They're tr- going to try and smash you in the face. They don't care. I mean, Vrabel does not care that half of his team is injured and they're playing like on their last limb. They are still going to come and punch you in the face. Yeah, so here's the deal. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take Jacksonville. Josh Dobbs, we we saw some flashes last week in the Thursday night football game in, in a game that was pretty meaningless for both teams. That's why Tennessee threw all their guys out there because they didn't care about that game. They were looking forward to this game. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they've just been preparing for this game. Same with Jacksonville. Like Jacksonville's playing Houston, right? They didn't, they didn't care about that game. They wanted to look forward to this game because this is the only game that matters. If they would have won or lost those games, both teams, it wouldn't have mattered. This game is the one that matters. So, yes, I think Josh Dobbs definitely showed more than Malik Willis did, obviously. So I think he deserves to be in this position, especially since Tannehill's out. But it was a short week. It was a meaningless game. I mean, I'm not I'm not moved by it. I thought he played decent. But if you think I'm going to pick him to go win the division for them against a team like Jacksonville that's really been hot the past month or so. Trevor Lawrence has played like a top 10 quarterback this month. Like he's, he's played outstanding. Uh, I can't pick against Jacksonville. I think I said a couple weeks ago that, you know, watch out for Jacksonville winning this division. And I, I didn't think they were actually going to win it until like two weeks ago where I saw the remaining schedule. And I was like, Oh wow, they're actually going to win this division. And here we are. And next year, I think they're going to be the clear favorites to win the division again. So give me Jacksonville to take it. But I like this game being low scoring. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a shootout. I think it'll be exciting. It'll come down to the wire. But I got Jacksonville getting it done in the end. I'm going to say Jacksonville gets a late game-winning touchdown to decide it. 24-17. to Gledhill, who we got? What's the over-under in this game? 40. It's 40. Um, I got the under in this game. I think it's going to be physical, low-scoring like a 19 to 16 type of game or 16 to 13, or I I'm really excited to see this type, this type of football, the Jacksonville defense the last couple of weeks, still out three to the jets and three to the Texans. Now, the, you know, 
those, those two quarterbacks aren't elite by any means. But, you know, I, I think the Titans do have a little bit of a rest advantage. They played on Thursday. The Jaguars played Sunday. So Doug Peterson wasn't necessarily happy with this game being on Saturday. I think there's players on both sides, though, that could benefit from an extra day off. Um, in this game, though, I think the Titans are going to play so hard and they're going to make this game close. And Derrick Henry is going to run his heart out. And, you know, Joshua Dobbs, like, I'll give him credit. He made some some pretty good throws in that Cowboys game. He, he led a couple drives there where I was like, okay, he's, I could see why this guy was a really good SEC quarterback for Tennessee for a few years. Really smart guy. I, I think he'll make some plays in this game. And this this is really going to come down to the wire um, just because it is a division game. But I think Jacksonville's defense is playing probably better than it has all season right now. And... Their offense is a lot healthier than Tennessee's, so I think they'll find a way to pull it out at home. And again, like Preston said, I'm rooting for it. I want to see Jacksonville get this win, so I'm going to pick them to win. It's going to be, I'm going to say 19-16, to 16, really close. It's going to be the under, and uh, the Titans definitely cover, though. Like, it's, I think, six points in favor of the Jaguars, or six and a half, whatever it is. I think that's a little bit too much. Titans are definitely going to cover. Yeah, it's going to depend on how well Tennessee is able to run the football. And obviously, if Josh Dobbs can lead a couple of drives and how these teams do in the red zone as well. Um, Red zone defense is going to be key in this game because if you can score touchdowns, then that's going to put you in a position uh, to win the game. Yeah, and I think we'll kind of know what kind of game this is going to be early on because if Jacksonville, you know, goes up 14 or 10 in the first quarter – it's it might be a route because Josh Dobbs isn't experienced enough to go lead them a game winning drive. Like they they had this game has to be low scoring and competitive, I think, for them to have a chance to win this game, especially with how limited they are at the quarterback position. Cause if you if you give Trevor Lawrence and, and them boys 10, 14 point lead, it's wrapped. So we'll see what kind of game it is early on. And and hopefully, like we said, we're all rooting for Jacksonville. So hopefully they pull it off. Next game, we're going into Sunday, the noon games tampa bay buccaneers going on the road to play the atlanta falcons 84 percent in favor of the buccaneers they already clinched the nfc south last week with the win over the panthers mike evans had i mean he went nuclear he had over 200 yards a couple big deep touchdowns again nine straight seasons with having a thousand yards he's just been so consistent uh first player ever to do that and he deserves recognition for that and he's still doing it at you know age 30 now so i mean he's getting older he's aging and he's still going out there and being one of the best receivers in the league. So great for Mike Evans. They're going to be playing either Dallas or Philly for the fifth seed. Uh, so I, I'd imagine that Tampa Bay is probably going to be resting some starters this game. I mean, they already clinched. The only thing they would have to play for is Tom Brady being over uh, 500 because he's never been under 500 in his career. So I guess in that aspect, you would look at, okay, well, let's win this game. But I wouldn't be surprised if, Tom Brady doesn't, and these guys don't even play, you know, probably only play about two quarters, maybe the first half, and then they'll take them out, especially if they have a lead. We'll see, man. Preston, what is the spread? Uh, Falcons are favored in this game by four and a half. Okay. So Falcons are favored. That's telling me that Tom Brady and them boys are going to be resting. All right. Gledhill, who do you got in this one? Falcons are favored. So that automatically probably means that Tampa Bay is resting. I'm, I'm scrolling through the, the games right now to see if this is possibly AIDS game of the week. It appears the other NFC South game, Panthers Saints probably will get that title. Um but yeah, you know, I'm not going to declare this one AIDS game of the week for I'm not even the one to declare it that, but uh I don't know. I think uh I think this is a 
this is a big game for the Falcons, I think, you know, just ending the season on a good note. I couldn't imagine Arthur Smith is, is going to be fired after this year. I think he has done enough to, to retain his job. I think with no, with the, with the $40 million cap hit they had on, on Matt Ryan and just a, a bad roster and, and no consistency at all at the quarterback position, to win seven games would be actually a pretty solid achievement for Arthur Smith. So I know at home they want to end on a good note. And you know what? I think they're going to do it. I'm picking the Falcons this week. I didn't pick them last week against the Cardinals. I kind of regret that now. And, and I should have made that change whenever uh, David Blau and it was announced that David Blau was starting for the Cardinals, but I didn't change it. This week, you know what? I'm going to pick the Falcons to end their season on a good note. Don't have a strong rationale for this one, but uh, I, I still think Arthur Smith is a really good football coach. I just think they need to figure out what they're going to do at the quarterback position because it doesn't seem like, at least for now, Desmond Ritter is an immediate answer there, and and I don't know, I, I don't really know about Marcus Mariota either. I, I don't I don't think he's you know starting caliber at this at this time. So will they go out and get a guy like Derek Carr or Jimmy G or something? I don't. I think they need an upgrade absolutely, and uh, they'll be an interesting team to follow this offseason because they, they, there's no way they're going to go into next year with the same the same quarterback room. So we'll just have to see it. Or, or maybe they get a guy in the draft, like a CJ Stroud or something. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, Falcons win this game and improve to seven and 10. That's my pick. 21 to 18. This man, Gledhills, you said a couple weeks ago that you would never pick the Falcons for the rest of the year. And look at you right now picking the Falcons. Bro, I, I, I swear, if I get this game wrong, I, I need to next year, I need to track what my record is picking each team. See, <laughs> <laughs> like, which, which teams am I really good at picking? Which teams am I terrible at picking? And I would bet that the Falcons are, are pretty pretty close to the bottom, if not the bottom. So next year, I'm going to have to track that in, in some sort of spreadsheet or something. Yeah, well, you picked the Cardinals last week, and the Falcons won on a game-winning field goal. Uh, Preston, it is your pick. I, I did, I'm reading into it. I don't get this spread because... Todd Bowles already confirmed that healthy starters will play, including Tom Brady. If Tampa Bay builds up a comfortable lead early enough, we could see the starters head to the bench. But don't be surprised if they play as long as the game as the for the whole game. I don't get it, Preston. Are you taking Tampa Bay? You're going to agree with Gledhill here. Hmm. Um. I think I'm going to agree with Gledhill here. As far as the Falcons' seasons went this year, I think they surpassed expectations. I think their coach definitely should get another year. That offense was exciting to watch this year. Every game they played was interesting, even though they lost a majority of their games this season. I think they did a great job doing the most with what they had because let's be honest, we all expected them to be like a like a four-win team. Oh, yeah. So if they can finish with seven wins on the season, I think that builds a lot of momentum for next year. And hopefully they can make some moves this offseason and – put themselves in a situation where hopefully they can use Kyle Pitts next year, you know, cause this division is for the taking next year. All four of these teams I think are going to go hard in the off season, except for maybe Tampa Bay, especially if they lose Tom Brady, Tampa Bay might have to go into a rebuilding process, but I think Carolina, if they get a good hire, a head coach and they make a couple of moves, do well in the draft, they could definitely be in contention for the division next year, you know, and then the saints, you know, they've got the players. It's just, I don't know. Do you? What do you do if you're if you're a Saints general manager right now? You've been 
underperforming each season based on what your rosters looked like. And, you know, you, you paid Tyron Matthew to come and he had a down year and I don't know the, so Falcons could definitely be in contention to win the division next year if they have a really good off season. Uh, so I'm going to agree with Glad Hill. They go out on a high note this year and man, I've not done good picking the Falcons either this year, 24 to 20 Falcons win. Actually, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They only lost one game by double digits. That's it. It was a 10 point loss at Carolina. Every other loss they had was was within 10 points. So, oh yeah. Do you remember when they were six and zero against the spread at one point in the season? Like they were they were you know competitive. Yeah. 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 You know, and with a bad roster, like it's not you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs> I'm not picking Atlanta, not with Desmond Ritter. I mean, the fact that they barely beat David Blau and the Arizona Cardinals at home last week, it doesn't show me that they're going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady and the and the guys starting. If, if they were resting, yeah, I would, I would probably pick Atlanta, especially since I'm only three games back from first right now, and this is, this is the last week of the season, so I need to be aggressive. Uh, look, as much as I want to pick Atlanta, I'm not going to do it. I think Tampa Bay wins this game, low scoring. The last time these two teams did play, though, interesting enough, Atlanta should have won the game in Tampa Bay. Brady got bailed out with a uh, a horrible, horrible roughing the passer that ended up leading them to running out the clock and and in that game. So I thought Atlanta should have won that game, uh, but that's besides the point. Different circumstances now. Give me Tampa Bay to win, and this yeah, this is low scoring. I'm gonna say like 21 to like 16, low, re- really, really low scoring. Next game. New England Patriots going on the road to play the Buffalo Bills, 93% in favor of the Bills, 12 and 3, 8 and 8. The Patriots right now are sitting at the seventh seed. Let's see. So Buffalo, like I said, if they win, if they win and Kansas City lose, they would get the number one seed and home field advantage. But if the Bills, if they just win and Kansas City wins, they they can't get the number one seed, just the way things worked out because they didn't get to play in that extra game with uh, the Bengals. So uh, but Buffalo still definitely has something to play for. They're going to be rooting for the Raiders in this game. Preston, what is the spread in this one? The Bills are favored in this game by seven and a half. Okay, it is my turn. I'm going to take the Bills. Seven and a half, that's really big. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely take the Patriots to cover. I know it's in Buffalo. Really? You think seven and a half is big? Yes. Mm, okay. Do you not? Um, I mean... I'm packing. Look, here's the deal. New England is fighting for a playoff spot. This is where it gets a little interesting. If New England loses and the Jets beat the Dolphins, that means Pittsburgh would go to the seventh seed and get in. But let's see if Pittsburgh loses to Cleveland. Then New England would go back. Okay, so if New England does lose this game, they, they got to hope for the Browns and the Jets to come through for them because, at the, let's say, Miami beats the Jets, then Miami would, would go to seven. Okay. All three lose. If the Jets lose, the Patriots lose, and the Steelers lose, do the Patriots go? No, Miami. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Miami's playing the Jets. That's right. Yeah. If Pittsburgh wins, but Miami beats the Jets and the uh, Patriots lose to the Bills, then Miami goes too as well. So yeah, there's there's a lot of different scenarios. Uh, but right now, New England is in that spot right now. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and start this one. I got Patriots covered. I think they're fighting for that, that last playoff spot. They're going to come into Buffalo. They're going to play competitive, and they're going to cover just barely. So give me the Bills to win 26 to 20. Preston, what, what do you think? You said you're packing. Are, are we packing Buffalo? 
I mean, Buffalo, Josh Allen's definitely packing. He's he's definitely um, covering seven and a half. Uh, so, uh, Buffalo, they go ahead and win this game. I think they're going to be fired up for tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if they cover. Buffalo wins this game 24 to 21. Okay, so you do have Patriots covering. All right, Glad Hill, who do we got? Uh, I'll take the Bills. Yeah, I hate to agree with you guys, but I will. I think the Patriots cover, but I think it's like a five-point game. Like It's going to be 27 to 22 type of game or something like that. Um, it's interesting. The Bills haven't lost since the second weekend in November. And for a team that's just been winning and winning and winning, they've been you know fairly heavily criticized, I feel like. And now, you know, so so amazing to hear that that Demar Hamlin is, is doing well, and and uh, kind of interesting that you know, first thing he writes is, "Did we win the game?" That's that, that was you know, yeah, kind of funny there. But um, you know, I, I think this team's going to be really fired up, and they know what they're playing for. Um, and then they just they just add this extra little bit of motivation there, um, potentially. I think they're going to play the Patriots well, and they'll definitely win this game. And they might be the team to watch out for in the playoffs. We'll have to see. I like the Bengals a little bit better as a team, but I mean, I, I could see the Bills just rallying right now and just staying on course and staying on fire. Um, really, really interested to see what happens. Um, but I feel like the Bills, for only having three losses, have been you know pretty heavily criticized all year. I think we maybe expected perfection out of this team, and obviously we haven't gotten that. We're not going to get that from from pretty much any team, um, but. I think this team's up there with, with the rest of them and excited to see how they play uh, in the postseason. But I think they win this game. Uh, I'll say 27-22. Yeah, uh, so glad to see that DeMar Hamlin's doing good. Uh, you know, that was just very scary. Uh, and and Monday was just just a very, very sad day uh, and, and very shocking for NFL fans. We've never seen anything like that happen. And we don't need to get in the details. Obviously, we knew that uh, he suffered cardiac arrest and – they had to restore him and then, and, and, you know, he was in critical condition and he finally woke up. So that was, that was really awesome. I'm glad he's doing better. Um, and, and the fact that they're doing a charity for him that, you know, raised over $3 million overnight is, is really special and, and shows that, that the league is uh, really taking action and notice. So it was great to see that. And Buffalo is going to be a team now that you can easily root for because of that reason. So watch out for them. You know, they're going to, they're going to definitely have something to play for, not just this game, but going into the Super Bowl. Uh, we'll see what happens. Preston, you got the next game, Minnesota Vikings going on the road to play the Chicago bears, 95% in favor of the Vikings. What is the spread? The Vikings are favored by six. Vikings are favored by six, even with Nathan Peter goat, huh? That's interesting. Even with Nathan Peter goat. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's your favorite quarterback of all time. So I'll have you start this one. Who do you got? Let me look up something real quick. Nathan Peterman. Career win-loss record. Nathan Peterman has a record of 1-10 in in his career. Let's see who that win was against. Oh, God. That win... It had to be an AFC East team, right? Nope. That win was against the Colts when he was in Buffalo. He was 5-10 for for 57 yards and a touchdown. No picks? No picks. That's why they won. Yep. So he's played in 12 games and he has thrown 13 interceptions. So you're almost guaranteed an interception this game. So if there's props or you're looking to pick up a defense, go ahead and pick up the Vikings defense, which is definitely going to be available because the Vikings defense sucks. 
Vikings go ahead and win this game 30 to 10. Nathan Peterman's being paid to be the worst quarterback in NFL history statistically. I mean, find another quarterback who has had a worse career than Nathan Peterman. Um, I don't think you'll you'll be able to find. He's he averages six for eleven, completing fifty percent of his passes for forty nine yards, and he, he's only thrown three touchdowns, and he's averaging over an interception in each game. He throws an interception on nine percent of his passes. <laughs> You're a little bit more nice about him than you were a couple years ago when you just shat on him every single week. <laughs> because now I have nothing but respect for the dude. He's found a way to continue to stay in the league and make money by helping teams tank. Genius. This is a businessman right here. <laughs> businessman. Okay, so so you got Viking. What did you say the score was going to be? Or did you even 30 say? 30 to 10. 30 to 10. Golly. Yeah. So the absolute worst possible outcome for a team is having a quarterback who is as bad as Nathan Peterman on a team that is purposely tanking as much as the Chicago Bears. You combine that and you get a blowout. And you also got to consider the Vikings just got throttled last week in Lambeau Field. They got embarrassed. They got embarrassed by the Green Bay Packers. It was bad. It was so bad. Really, really bad. And Justin Jefferson got shut down by Jair Alexander. If you want to talk about shit talking, being backed up, go look at Jair Alexander. This dude all week was talking his smack saying, Justin Jefferson cooked us week one. It was a fluke. You know, he's not that good. And he goes out there and he has Justin Jefferson being frustrated the whole game. Justin Jefferson almost hit a ref with his helmet because he was so frustrated. This man was shoving him. He uh, he broke up a pass. He was gritting all over the field in front of his face. That is a definition of backing up your shit talk, Jair Alexander. So good on you there. As far as the Vikings in this game, they're going to bounce back easily. Uh, I think this is going to be a blowout. You said 30 to 10. You know what, Preston, I'll match your score exactly. 30 to 10. Uh, Vikings cannot get the number one seed anymore, but still fine for something. They could still get the second seed. And what were you going to say? Before Gledhill picks, lock of the century. If the Vikings do not cover... I will run around in my backyard naked for 30 minutes. 30 minutes? That's a lot. That's a long time. A long time to run around in my backyard naked where it's been a little chilly out here lately. Okay. Let's 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 talk about some other scenarios that could happen. Does Nathan Peterman throw a pick six? Uh, I don't know. Minnesota's defense isn't that good. I wonder how much money I could make. And obviously, I don't bet, but I wonder how much money I could make if I say, like, Nathan Peterman throws a pick six. Probably not that much because it's it's probably pretty high that would happen. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to look at the props. Um, I don't even know if that would be a prop available um, on my gambling site. But, yeah, if you went to Vegas, they you could definitely find a prop. I'm guessing that prop would be maybe plus 100, plus 200. So I, I'd say that'd be pretty pretty good odds. I'd make that bet. Yeah, and I guess if we're talking about props, the only thing interesting to talk about a prop in this game is Justin Fields was only 63 yards away from breaking my uh, Lamar Jackson's single-season uh, rushing yards by a QB in, in a season. Lamar Jackson got that in 2019, uh, his MVP year, and Justin Fields only needs 63 yards. And Justin Fields had, he had five carries for 105 yards in the first quarter last week. So that was a lock. He was going to get that easily this week. So that's the only reason I'm like, well, dang, I wish they would have played Justin Fields. 
because of that reason. Nathan Peterman, I'm looking at his props right now. Plus 1,000 to score a touchdown, plus 20,000 to score two touchdowns. Bro, oh. I, <laughs> could you imagine if he scored two touchdowns and you took plus 20,000? Oh, God. Yeah, obviously the Bears are purposely tanking. The fact that they were up 10-7 to 7 in that game versus Detroit, and you're telling me Detroit ended up winning that game 41-10? to 10? You're telling me Chicago is that bad? They're that bad that they, they let the Lions score that many points straight? They're not that bad. Come on. The Bears are a very competitive football team. They are purposely tanking because they want the highest overall pick possible. It's it's not even funny at this point how much they're purposely taking and throwing in Nathan Peterman where they have a chance, get Justin Fields a record. Like It's purposely tanking. They're moving on to the next season. They're going to be an interesting team to follow. That That's all I wanted to say. Vikings 30 to 10. Glad hell, who do you got? Yeah, I was telling you a couple weekends ago, I, I bet you the Bears have like an internal private conversation with Justin Fields just said, hey, you're our guy. We're going to build around you. We got to lose these games this year so we can get a high pick. We can take Will Anderson out of Alabama or, or that Jalen Carter guy out of Georgia. Two insane talents right there. Um, I think they would you know, do well with either of them. But um, I, I bet you they just had that internal conversation with him. Said, "Hey, you're our guy. No matter what happens, we just we need a we need a high pick. We need to get one of these these top defensive guys." Um, yeah, three and thirteen, not good. Matt Eberflus probably isn't going anywhere. Their offensive coordinator probably isn't going anywhere. I think this is just a scenario where you just need to, to bolster your roster a little bit, and hopefully they can be a five hundred team next year. You know, we'll see. But um, I think they're another interesting team to follow during the offseason because they're going to have some cap space. They're going to have some, you know, ability to maybe build around Justin Fields or build around this, de- you know, build build this defense um, through free agency. And, and then also, of course, like I mentioned, they're going to get that high draft pick too. So really interested to see what the Bears will do this offseason to, to improve their roster. I, I, I got to imagine they're going to be pretty aggressive. I mean, they better be after a 3-14 and 14 season because I think they're going to lose this game. Minnesota um, proves to 13-4. and four. Really solid first year under Kevin O'Connell. Um, you could say they're lucky. Oh, they won, you know, 11 one-possession games. Like, usually that doesn't translate to the next year, but he's also a first-year head coach, and, you know, it's a bad defense, and, you know, we question Kirk Cousins in spots, too. And Minnesota is another team, too, this offseason. Are they sold on, on Kirk Cousins still being the guy there? I mean, he's probably a top 15 quarterback in the league. Maybe he kind of can approach top 10 on his best days. But I don't know. Maybe they're going to be aggressive and they're going to you know, try and make some moves or, or make a trade or something. I, I've heard like the Dolphins are going to be in on Kirk Cousins or something. Like They just need a good distributor of the ball to get the ball to Tyreek and those, those boys and Jalen Waddle and them. You know, maybe, maybe they move Kirk Cousins. We'll, we'll see. I don't think they have really good backup plan at quarterback right now, but who knows? I think you uh, got to keep your options open if you're Minnesota for sure. Yeah, He's definitely. older too. Yep, yep. I think this will probably be the best season of his career. Yeah. You know, I could see him going to a team like Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to get a starting job somewhere in the league. Maybe the Colts. Oh, God. Yikes. Play action yeah, with Jonathan that'll Taylor. <laughs> Especially, I mean, you know, the script's still being written, right? Like, they're going to you know, they're winning the division, they'll host a playoff game. If Kirk Cousins struggles in that playoff game, whether, especially if it's against like Green Bay or something, that would look 
really bad going into next year and you know maybe they'd have to make a move so yeah we'll see. but their, their main concern is the defense it's the defense. no i know i know but you got to have a clutch guy running the ship and i think the guys in that locker room love Kirk cousins though so that's yeah that's i agree all that so. i think it would i think it would throw everything off if you kind of blew that up after the season they had this year and you didn't focus on the defense because the production that he's had this year with what's his face uh why am i blinking justin jefferson been absolutely off the charts um it's literally just if if they have a a really good defense then kirk cousins can manage games like he just doesn't show up in prime time unfortunately and that's really the only knock um, yeah that you can have on him but there have been games too like that like that green bay game this past weekend and then that eagles game where it's the just, dallas game yeah the dallas game like there's just there have been like three games this year where it just like I didn't know he just plays horribly, like out of nowhere, and I don't know. Well, we'll see. But um, he never rises to the occasion. Whenever it's a big game, he never rises to the occasion. Yeah. So this it'll be interesting to see what happens this playoffs with him. But uh, you know, I think Vikings obviously win this game, even even though it's on the road. I'm I'll just say it's I don't know twenty three to sixteen. It's I don't think there's really anything crazy here. So Minnesota's guaranteed to be the second or the third seed. If they win, Green Bay gets into that seventh seed and Arizona beats the the uh, 49ers, we're going to get a Green Bay and Minnesota first round game, two versus seven in uh, Minnesota. We'll get a third time. And there's a clear better team at this moment. Oh, absolutely. I don't want to play the Packers right now. Nope. And Let the me, sorry to interrupt. Let me ask you guys a question real quick. Do you think the way the current playoff system is set up, right? Having the seven teams get in and the one team getting the bye week, that ends up leading to a lot of divisional matchups in the wild card. Do you think that's a good thing for the league or a bad thing? I think it's a great thing. I think that seven seed, I I wasn't really a big fan of it at the start because the two years that they have done it, you know, they all the two versus sevens have been blowouts. So this time it's going to be different. Like I think, I think a seven seed could up, upset a two seed this year. I think that's how much the league is balanced. And the chances are the seven seed in the NFC this year is going to be a competitive team because you're going to get either Green Bay, Detroit, or Seattle. All three of those teams are capable of going and beating Minnesota in the first round. In Minnesota, no doubt about it. Uh, now, if San Francisco, though, gets it and we get Green Bay versus San Francisco, then that's a different scenario because that that doesn't look good at all like that i think san francisco even though green bay is playing a lot better i i think san francisco would punch him in the mouth no doubt about it and we know how they play against green bay in the first round or in the playoffs either way so i guess to answer your question preston i i think divisional games are okay in the playoffs because at the end of the day it's all about it's all about who's the best team and sometimes like the two best teams are the teams in your division. And that's just the way it goes sometimes. Like the Cowboys and the Eagles are arguably the two best teams in the NFC. And if they play each other in the divisional game, you know how many people are going to watch that game? I think it's better for the league for sure. Yeah, I definitely think it's good for matchups like that where you get to see like a trilogy of those games during the regular season. Because let's be real, those two games during the regular season, the first game 
the Cowboys didn't have Dak. Then the second game, the Eagles didn't have Jalen Hurts. Exactly. Like, come on, bro. Y'all are just that's just messed up. Like we we need to see that matchup in the playoffs this year. But exactly. what I what I don't like seeing is I don't know, sometimes seeing like the the same team play each other three times, especially I don't like when you have a team that's swept like another team in the regular season mm-hmm. and then they play the third time and then the team got swept that got swept during the regular season wins the third matchup because it's tough to beat the uh the same team three times in a row. Like we saw that with um with when Brady finally beat the Saints in the playoffs. We saw that um I think one year the 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 We saw it last year. Remember the 49ers swept the Rams in the regular season and the Rams beat them in the NFC championship. Yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. I I think it's okay because those games occurred in the um the that game occurred in the NFC Championship, right? And I think that what the Saints Bucks game, I think that occurred in the divisional round, but I don't like seeing those matchups in the wild card round, if that makes sense. When it's when it's not a top team uh in the division, it's two mediocre team right. not even, uh two mediocre teams in the conference playing each other for the third time. That's what I don't like. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, obviously Cowboys and Philly is, is a, a second round matchup that would have to happen or, or NFC championship that would have to happen. And you're like, okay, both these two teams played each other. They split it. Both didn't have a quarterback both times they played each other. Uh, so this is going to decide who's really that team. And oh, go ahead. Last thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt again. When I when I put my finger up like that, like keep finish what you're okay. What okay, you're uh, here, hold on, hold on, real quick. I was just gonna say, so you you would want to see that matchup, and then obviously, if we get Green Bay and Minnesota, everybody's gonna want to see that because how does Minnesota respond from getting blown out like that in the second match? Right, they they blow them out the first game, second game they get blown out. How does that third game go in the playoffs in Minnesota? So that that you know people would want to see that. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, I'm a Chargers fan, right? I am praying we get the Chiefs in the divisional round. I am praying. Give me the Chiefs in the divisional round. There's no way they beat us three times in a row. I'm I'm sorry, bro. Chargers going to the AFC Championship if we get that matchup. Wow. I like it. Uh, well, I mean, you guys pretty much have fifth on lock, it seems like. Well, the unless the Ravens win tonight against the Bengals. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So it it's such like, gosh, dude, if the Ravens win... If I'm the Bengals, I'm so pissed right now. The Bengals got shafted because Dude. now the the whole coin flip scenario. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that here in a sec, but dude, either way, like if we get Herbert, Herbert versus Lawrence or Herbert versus Burrow, like I'm, I'm all in on the, on both those matchups. That's, those are two good matchups right there. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, unfortunately that was all I was able to get with Preston and Gledhill this week. Uh, I lost all the footage. My bozo head ass forgot to unpause it as I was pausing it for a second just to go throw something away. And I lost everything. We uh, the, the remaining of the games that we had just discussed are all gone because I couldn't retain the footage. So that is on me. So what we're going to do is we're going to have to call a little bit of an audible. We're going to be a little bit short for time this week. I'm going to end up doing the rest by myself again. And as these games are going on right now, it looks like it looks like the Chiefs are up on the Raiders right now and that Jaguars and Titans game is going to start in a little bit. So I'm going to do my best to go over all these games again. The good news is we got some pretty good segments. And I think that that last discussion we just had about teams playing each other in the playoffs for a third time, being a division rival is it good for bad for the league. I think that was the best segment of the podcast. So 
you know, we didn't miss anything crazy. I mean, I would have loved to get the thoughts of our Detroit and Green Bay game because I think that was that was a good pick. Uh, and then obviously Seattle, L.A., uh, and then the possibility of Chargers resting, depending on how that Ravens and Bengals game goes. But other than that, everything else was pretty straightforward on some of these other games. So I'm going to do the best I can to go through the rest of these games by myself, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. So let's go ahead and get on to this. We're going to be short for time, and I apologize again. So we're going to go into the clear-cut AIDS game of the week. Gledhell didn't factor this one in as he was looking. He was thinking maybe Tampa Bay and Atlanta, and then he also thought of Carolina and New Orleans. But I think this is a AIDS game of the century right here, AIDS game of the year. you got the Houston Texans going on the road to play the Indianapolis Colts, 3-12-1 versus 4-11-1. So you guys have been hearing me. I, I've been saying that I've been wanting the Texans to win one more game and the Bears to lose out so that the Bears can get the number one overall pick. And if, if things go the way I think they're going to go, the Bears are going to get the number one pick and Ryan Poles is going to have a field day baiting some teams to trade up and, and try to get Bryce Young or something. And who knows, Indianapolis right now, I think they're sitting at fourth and Houston's sitting at one. If Houston falls to two, Indianapolis is at four. They need a quarterback too. What are the odds that Indianapolis trades up with Chicago Chicago gets something crazy there and they go ahead and grab Bryce Young number one because they don't want the Texans or division rival to get Bryce Young. Now that's assuming that Houston wins this game and the Bears get the number one overall pick. If, if Houston loses this game, then that's out of the question. But that's just an interesting scenario. I'm thinking about it. You guys already know I've been spoiling it. I've been rooting for the Bears to get the uh, number one overall pick. I want some chaos in this draft this year and see what Ryan Poles does uh, and what they do at number one. Do they end up taking Will Anderson? Do they take a guy like Jalen Carter out of Georgia. Uh, do they take those guys number one or do they trade? Do they 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 bait some teams to trade up for number one and get a load of players or draft capital in advance? I don't know, but I'm rooting for it. So I got, like we said, I got Minnesota obviously blowing out the Bears with Nathan Peterman this week. And then I'm going to take the Texans. This is my upset of the week. The Colts are favorite in this game by two. I got the Texans. So I guess this would be my upset of the week. Uh, both teams, I think, are obviously ready for their season to be over with. And Nick Foles was terrible for two games. Matt Ryan's been benched. Sam Ellinger's coming in again. Honestly, I like it. I don't know who the quarterback is for the Texans. Is it Davis Mills? Is it Driscoll? I have no idea at this point. But I do know that I'm going to be keeping my eye out on this game for one reason. And one reason only is I hope the Texans win this game so that the Bears can get the the number one overall pick. And because, you know, I'm be, I need to be aggressive. I'm three games behind and... This is one of those games we're going to pick. So give me the Texans to win this game. Oh, God. Since it's so AIDS, we'll go we'll go uh, 12 to 9. How about that? We'll go a little AIDS score right there. 12 to 9. Houston gets it done, and I'm pulling for him. Next game, another terrible game, unfortunately. So Mike White is not going to get the start as we have the New York Jets going on the road to play the Miami Dolphins. Miami needs to win this game to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, New York, I'm pretty sure they have to win, and New England has to lose. And then Pittsburgh, like we were talking about, Pittsburgh would have to, if Pittsburgh beats the Browns, but the Dolphins win, it doesn't matter. The Dolphins would get in. So Pittsburgh is going to be rooting for the Jets in this game and uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one. I think this one's going to be another low scoring one. I, I talked about Miami season being over and yes, I would like to see the Steelers get in. Uh, so yes, picking the Steelers to get in, I would need to pick the Jets in this game. And this is honestly a coin flip type game. I have no idea who's going to win this game. 
But Joe Flacco versus Skylar Thompson, like I have no confidence. This is a win in doubt. Pick the home team scenario. I, I don't want to see either of these teams in the playoffs, especially if Tua is not going to be playing. So this is a coin flip game. I hope some people in first place, second place right now, pick the uh, the Jets in this one so I can pick the Dolphins. So 75% in favor of them. Who knows? Maybe more people will pick Miami. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Not confident in it, but I got like another low scoring game, like 16 to 13. I don't think both teams are going to generate that many that many offensive points. Also got to note that Miami is two and a half point favorites at home here. And their season has just been such a roller coaster. I mean, they three straight wins to start the season. Then they lost three straight when Tua got hurt. Then they had five straight wins. Tua was back in action. Now they've lost the last five straight. So it's just a very hard team to predict. And like I said, I am not confident in picking this game at all. Honestly, like if you're going to pick the Jets to win this game, all power to you. They're already eliminated, so they got nothing to lose anyways. Uh, but they can still play spoiler and and help you know eliminate the Dolphins and help the Steelers get in, assuming that the Patriots lose to the Bills, uh, which I think a lot of people are, go- are going to pick that to happen. We picked it to happen. So all I know is if the Dolphins do lose this game and miss the playoffs, yes, I mean, it kind of looks like a disaster, but you cannot overreact and fire Mike McDaniel. That will have me questioning your franchise. You fired Brian Flores last year, and that was tough. And the fact that Mike McDaniels fell into their lap and it was such a blessing for them, it would be outrageous to fire him. It wouldn't make any sense at all. They've been up and down, but look at the quarterback situation. Tua has been up and down with injuries all year. They've had a healthy team for maybe half the season at quarterback. Upgrade the defense, get to a healthy. Hopefully you still believe in him. And see how next year goes. I know it's typical Miami Dolphins to barely miss the playoffs, but they're going to get in. I have a feeling they're going to they're going to pull this one out. It's going to be ugly, but they're going to pull it out. Low scoring, sixteen thirteen. Next game, we have the Carolina Panthers going on the road to play the New Orleans Saints. We'll see what team can end their season on a high note, as both teams are now eliminated. Now, the Saints to get into the playoffs, it was going to be. You know, they, like it, it was going to take a lot for it to happen. They unfortunately got eliminated, I think, once Green Bay won. I'm pretty sure the percentage was less than 10%. Uh, but they had to win out, so they had to beat Philly and Carolina. They took care of Philly last week. They had to beat Carolina this week. The Bucks had to win the South, so they won. That happened. Washington had to lose out, so they lost to Cleveland. Uh, they would have to lose to Dallas this weekend. Seattle would have to lose to the Rams this week. Detroit would have to lose once out of Chicago and Green Bay. I already beat Chicago, so they have to lose to Green Bay this week. And then Green Bay would have to lose once to Minnesota or Detroit. So, yeah, that's what happened. When Green Bay ended up throttling Minnesota, that's when the Saints' chances were done. Uh, So, yes, I mean, you could look at it and be like, wow, well, like, a lot of those things did happen and could happen, but the one that was really getting them was Green Bay losing once out of Minnesota and Detroit, especially with how hot they were playing. Like, it was going to be hard for them to get in, so... Both teams are eliminated. Carolina, they're obviously really missing J.C. Horn. They gave up so many passing yards to Tom Brady last week. He just torched their defense. And you had Josh Norman out there uh, who barely played. But when I when I knew he was coming out and they, you know, signed him last week from a coffee shop, I'm like, yeah, this this ain't going to end well for the uh, the Panthers. Uh, And that's why I picked Tampa Bay in that game. I'm going to take the Saints at home. I think they're going to end their season on a high note. I just think that they're a little bit better right now. I probably would have picked you know, Carolina two weeks ago, but after seeing how they played against Philly, I mean, their defense just rose to the occasion. looks like they're starting to get a little healthy. 
too little too late, obviously. Uh, but I mean, Marshawn Lattimore pick six on Gardner Minshew in the fourth quarter there that kind of, you know, really sealed the game for them. Really just like didn't give Philly any like breathing room in that game. And for how good Philly looked on Christmas Eve against Dallas, even with Gardner Minshew, the Saints made him look like a bum. They were not giving anything easy to Philadelphia. I saw a thing where it was like the, the Eagles had one first down and 61 total yards at halftime. So the Saints were shutting them down. And then they had 63 on the opening drive of the second half. And that was it. I mean, then after that, like they still weren't able to move the ball. So even after that, giving up one first down, 61 total yards, and even on the opening drive, giving them the 63, and they still ended up beating them by double digits. That was an impressive win for the Saints. Uh, you know, Andy Dalton, I feel like if he didn't, you know, turn the ball over a couple times and and if the Saints actually had a decent quarterback, that game could have been worse. But New Orleans is so limited offensively at the quarterback position, but they still took care of business. So I'm higher on New Orleans and I think they're going to win this game. I think they're going to win by like a touchdown. Let's go 27 to 20. New Orleans ends their season on a high note and we'll see what they do with Dennis Allen. Also keep forgetting to put out these percentages, 75% in favor of New Orleans. So it looks like I'm going to be agreeing with the public in this one. Next game, Cleveland Browns going on the road to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here we are with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can't wait to talk about this game because Pittsburgh is now 8-8 eight and eight at what they were, 2-6 and six a couple weeks ago. 78% are picking them to win this game. As far as the spread, it looks like Pittsburgh is 2.5-point favorites at home. Man, I just, Mike Tomlin, is he really going to do it again? Is he really going to have another winning season? I think he is. Now, unfortunately, I'm going to be rooting for the Jets to win that game. Uh, so, and Pittsburgh to win this game. So, cause I would like to see Pittsburgh get into the playoffs again. I mean, that would be absolutely crazy. Second year in a row where they probably shouldn't have made it, but they made it. But the main thing I, I'm concerned about here is Pittsburgh getting a winning season. I think it's, you know, I said a couple weeks ago, it was inevitable that they were going to have their first losing season. And here we are. How did we get here? I don't know. All I know is I've been absolutely nailing, nailing Pittsburgh's picks all year. Going back to October 23rd, I picked the Dolphins to win that game. Two is a return. 16 and 10, they won it. I picked the Eagles to win. They throttled them 35 to 13. I picked the Steelers to beat the Saints. That was a game that uh, TJ Watt's first game back. I was really excited for that one. They won 20 to 10 at home. They played the Bengals. It ended up being a shootout. I thought the Bengals would even the odds because remember, they beat them week one. It happened 37 to 30 shootout. Bengals got it done. I did get a little slip up right here. I got the Colts uh, or I had the Colts over them at home. Uh, but, you know, Jeff Saturday kind of blew that away with some of the play calling at the end of the game. So I got that one wrong. Picked them to beat Atlanta in Atlanta. They won 19 to 16. Uh, and Pittsburgh took over that stadium, by the way. I got a little bit of a slip up between the Ravens when they were at home the first time. And that's because Mr. Trubisky started. Kenny Pickett got hurt. And Mr. Trubisky pretty much blew that game away. And they still only lost by two points. So I knew in that second game, which I got right, uh, which was last week, they were going to get their revenge and they got it. Uh, I picked them over the Panthers when the Panthers were hot. Boom, got that one. Picked them over the Raiders. Ugly scoring game, got that one. So I've been nailing them. I've been getting all these Pittsburgh games right. I'm hoping to keep the train rolling, make it four in a row. And I'm going to take them to beat the Cleveland Browns and unfortunately miss the playoffs because I got the Dolphins winning. I'm, hey, I'm going to be rooting for the Jets so they can get in. But regardless, they're still going to have a winning season. That's all that matters. They're still going to have a winning season. And that's what the whole point about this is. You know, we want to see Mike Tomlin get a winning season. As far as the Browns, I mean, completely shut down the Commanders last week. I was super impressed. Minus 
Carson Wentz having that 21 play 96 yard drive that, you know, was 12 minutes and, and he had that touchdown run. He was awful. It was bad. And looking back on it, I was like, okay, well maybe, maybe starting Carson Wentz when your season was on the line, wasn't the best idea last week. Cause now they're, now they're eliminated, but Heineke, I, we talked about it last week. Their stats and everything else was more identical. I don't think there was a big difference between them at this point, but now looking back on it, maybe they should have just started Heineke because at the end of the day, like, yes, Carson Wentz was hurt. And when he came back healthy, you, you benched him because Heineke was playing better and you provided a spark for your team. So maybe that ruined his confidence. And I think maybe you should have just kept Heineke in there, but Carson Wentz just completely threw that game out. And I guess for the second straight year in a row, Carson Wentz has had a chance to propel his team into the playoffs and he hasn't been able to get it done. And you got to feel for the guy. I mean, looking at where he was a couple years ago as an MVP, uh, he was going to win that MVP the year they won the Super Bowl in Philly and he just got hurt. And he just, I think, you know, mentally it's, it's gotten to him and, I think this is his last chance, unfortunately. And Washington is probably going to have to release him this offseason because if not, they're going to have to owe him a lot of money. So he's not going to get another chance. I would be very shocked if he gets another starting role. But him and Heideke, there's not that much of a difference. I do. I said last week that Carson Wentz, at this point, there's no difference between them. So might as well start Carson Wentz. But now looking back on it, yes, you probably should have started Heineke because Carson Wentz's confidence was clearly shot. Minus that one good drive that they had, they got blown out by the Browns. So uh, back to the Browns, Cleveland completely shut them down, ended their season. Browns are already eliminated. They have nothing to lose. So they're going to want to eliminate the Steelers who are fighting for a playoff spot. But Pittsburgh has more to play for. And it's inevitable for Mike Tomlin to have his first winning season this time. And he, he's, he's going to get it done. I know I said it a couple weeks ago, it was inevitable for him to have his first one, first losing season, not this time. They're going to get it done. And Deshaun Watson, as much as I'm praying on this man's downfall, he threw three touchdowns last week against the Commanders. He got some momentum going. Maybe we can see a good game here, but I think Pittsburgh's going to outplay them. We'll say 24 to 20. Pittsburgh wins and they barely cover. And also got to give credit to Kenny Pickett. I mean, Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, they're going to be the key in this game to winning their third straight. But back-to-back games where Kenny Pickett, it was clutch in the fourth quarter to go lead them to a game-winning touchdown. If there's anything we learned from Kenny Pickett these past few weeks is he might not be an elite quarterback and he might have to show a lot to be that guy, but we can at least be certain that Pittsburgh made the right move in the draft. You know, this quarterback class was really weak and they took a risk drafting him at number 18 and it could have, you know, it could have panned out really bad, but they got the right quarterback. They got the right guy. And it was definitely, he's definitely the best quarterback in that class. And that might not be saying much, but. Pittsburgh did a good job, and and I'm excited to see how how his future pans out in Pittsburgh. And who knows, if he makes the playoffs, that's going to be a good, successful first season as a rookie quarterback. So we'll see what happens. I got the Steelers winning. Like I said, 24 to 20, they barely cover. All right, Baltimore Ravens going on the road to play the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati is a touchdown favorite at home here. You know, Lamar Jackson's obviously not going to play this week. Hopefully they get him back to the playoffs. And we'll talk about Lamar here in a second. Uh, Tyler Huntley hasn't been able to generate any type of offense for this Baltimore Ravens team. And that's the reason why they've kind of been up and down and they've been one of the worst offensive teams down the stretch. Now their defense got to give them credit because ever since they traded for a guy like Roquan Smith, their defense has been one of the best in the league. They create turnovers. They don't get blown out. It's it's kind of like the Denver Broncos. Like they will shut down opponents, 
on one side, but they can't score on the other side. And that's what I'm kind of seeing right now with this Ravens team. So not worried about the defense. And I know Joe Burrow cooked him twice last year, but you know, that first game of the season, they won in Baltimore. And it was an ugly game. And Joe Burrow didn't have that great of a game. And it came down to Justin Tucker. This time, a little bit different circumstances because now you got Lamar Jackson, who's not going to play. And like I said, we'll talk to him about him in a second. You got Tyler Huntley, who hasn't been good. But now they're saying Anthony Brown, quarterback from Oregon, is going to be starting for the Baltimore Ravens. So they're on their third string quarterback against a Cincinnati Bengals team who I think is it's either them or the 49ers are the best team in the NFL right now. And they are red hot right now. And the way that game was going in Buffalo, look, obviously prayers for DeMar Hamlin. That was a terrible situation. Never want to see that happen. I'm glad they didn't continue that game. The NFL made the right call postponing that game or canceling it all in general because they're not playing it anymore. But the way that game was going, I had Cincinnati winning that game and they scored in the first three minutes with ease. They went all the way down the field and scored with ease and they were on their second drive and they were driving. Look, man, it would have been really hard for Buffalo to stop that Cincinnati team. But I guess we'll never know. It just kind of sucks because the Bengals are in a position where they can't get the number one seed. So they're kind of, they kind of got shafted in a way, but I think that's just going to make them more hungry. And I think they're going to beat the Ravens. Uh, and I think honestly, seven is fair because Lamar's not playing. Tyler Huntley's not playing. Anthony Brown is starting. Never say never. Anything can happen any given Sunday, but I would be genuinely shocked if the Ravens win this game. Like, I, I honestly think there's no shot they win this game. Give me the Bengals to win this game. 28 to 17. I honestly, is Anthony Brown even going to score that many points? Yeah, 28 to 14. Come on, man. Like they, they're going to win by multiple scores. This is going to be ugly. And I guess we'll see how that decision affects the Chargers. I mean, I guess the Chargers could rest now because the only way that the Chargers would have something to play for in that Broncos game is if the Ravens were to beat the Bengals. But now that it's looking like the Ravens aren't even going to have any shot in this game. The Chargers might rest and lose that game versus the Broncos. So we'll see if that game affects my pick in the Broncos game. Uh, because Preston and I were talking about that. I know, like I said, we lost the footage. But we were saying that, you know, depending on how that game had gone, we might change that pick between the Broncos and the Chargers. Uh, so we're just going to have to see what happens. Bengals are going to to beat the Ravens. And the Ravens are just going to be locked in at six seed. And so are the Chargers. So the Chargers won't technically have anything to play for. So. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson real quick. So we obviously know that he is not playing again this week, and they said he's not projected to be back until the playoffs. And I saw this video on Twitter, and it was reporters asking John Harbaugh questions about Lamar's status since he's been hurt. And he got hurt over a month ago. It's been 31 days since he's suffered his knee injury. I think it's 33 days now. Yeah, 33 days since he suffered his knee injury. And... Some Ravens fan put a little montage together of like the reporters asking Lamar status for this week ever since his knee injury occurred. And you could tell by press conference by press conference, week by week, John Harbaugh's response had gotten more and more bland. Take a listen to it. But it's, it's going to be a number, you know, days to weeks. We'll see. We'll see if he can go back this week. If not, it'll be sometime after that shortly. He's been through the MRIs and uh, I would say it's kind of, Week to week, you know, it's going to be a weekly thing. So uh, as the week goes on, we'll see for this week. It's probably less likely for this week, but it's not impossible. Um, and then after that, it'll become more and more likely. I mean, are you so optimistic, whether it's this week or not, that he is going to be able to come back at some point this year? Sure, of course. As far as Lamar, do you expect him to practice this week? 
Uh, we just have to see. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an expectation until I hear more today. You know, I'm just probably going to leave all that stuff alone. You know, I'm going to focus on the game and uh, uh, just get ready to, to coach our guys and have our guys get ready to play. So as you can tell, John Harbaugh has obviously shifted towards Lamar Jackson not being with this team. And here's the deal. I wouldn't be surprised if Lamar doesn't play in the playoffs because, you know, bet on yourself, right? You got no leverage right now and they might franchise tag you, but if they're not going to pay you, don't play. Don't show them, right? Like you deserve that. You're the, like, this team needs you. Make that be evident that they need you. So go in there, prove a point, sit out if you have to. They franchise tag you, sit out. Demand them to trade you. We saw that happen with Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams got franchise tagged last year and he still got traded. So demand yourself out of Baltimore if you're not happy and you don't think they're going to pay you. Or maybe, I don't know, like, are they going to pay them? Are they waiting? I don't know. But it seems like the way Harbaugh is talking about this situation is they have no concern with Lamar and they're just focused on finishing the season out. I don't know if that's a good idea. I mean, I, I would be worried for your quarterback that you owe a lot of money to. There's a lot going on behind the scenes that I think we don't know. So, Lamar, bet on yourself and don't let this Ravens team control you, man. If they franchise tag you, do everything you can to get out of there because you deserve your money. One of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, one of my favorite players in the league, I hope he gets paid. If Baltimore doesn't pay him, I sure hope another team does. And it's just going to piss me off because I already know that Baltimore, if they don't pay him, they're going to franchise tag him. And then it's just going to create all this buzz and Lamar's going to have to sit out. It's, I don't know. We'll worry about that in the off season, but it's interesting to bring that up because Harbaugh's, you know, at first it started with, oh yeah, you know, he'll, he'll be back. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. We're still evaluating to now him saying, I'm just going to leave all this stuff alone and focus on the game. Like you're not even going to address your quarterback who's supposed to get a bag this offseason, you're not even going to focus on that? Okay, man. Let's see how that works out for y'all. Bengals win this game 28-14. Not worried about it. Next game, we have the New York Giants going on the road to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia will clinch the number one overall seed and a first-round bye with the win here. And look, the Giants, they clinched the playoff spot for the first time since 2016. You guys all remember that boat picture in Miami. We all know it. We all remember that time. I mean, crazy how time fl has flown by since then. Uh, and yeah, they just blew out the Colts. We kind of all saw that coming. And I thought maybe it would be interesting to possibly bet on the Giants to win this game uh, until I saw the opening line in this game, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, you look at this game and, and Philly's 14-point favorites, the big spread right now. And that lets me know that that uh, they're going to end up resting. Now, it was interesting in the press conference earlier this week that, you know, reporters asking Brian Dable if he was planning to rest the starters. He's like, nope, we're not resting. Uh, but now it's rumored that they're going to be resting and the line hasn't moved. So that's telling me that they're going to be resting. Uh, so, yeah, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley expected to sit this game. and just got to see it, looking at it, read it right now. Uh, yeah, this is uh, Eagles. This should be an easy dub for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is coming back to clinch that number one overall seed. And I think this will be good for them because I had been saying that I don't think Jalen Hurts should go five weeks without playing football, assuming that they clinched the first round by and he were to miss this week. So I'm glad he's getting some type of action. So hopefully for their sake, they get a big lead and they can take him out and they'll be good to go. I think it was good for them to lose two in a row, just kind of feel some adversity. 
because you don't want to be so dominant going into the playoffs because uh, you could get punched in the mouth. So this is maybe that maybe that was good for them. Now Jalen Hurts gets back. You beat the Giants easily. You clinch the number one overall seed and you don't have to worry about Hurts' uh, health. You'll be good to go. You'll get another week and whoever's coming to Philly is going to be in for a treat. So yeah, I, as much as I want the Giants to win so and the Cowboys to win so we can win the NFC East, there hasn't been a back-to-back champion since 2004. I think the streak unfortunately continues and I got the Eagles winning this game. Uh, let's go 30 to 10. Giants aren't going to be able to generate any points without Saquon and Daniel Jones. So we'll go with it. This is probably the lock of the week, honestly. Speaking of lock of the week, how about the 49ers and the Cardinals playing in San Francisco? So it was almost like too far of a stretch for the Cowboys to get the number one overall seed because not only do the Eagles have to lose to the Giants without Saquon and Daniel Jones, but the 49ers have to lose to the Cardinals with David Blau. I was really hoping the Raiders were going to come through for us last game. I mean, you know, that that game went to OT. Jarrett Stidham kind of balled out a little bit in that game, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, the 49ers held on. And now this game, like, there shouldn't be any worry in this game. This game should be over till halftime. The Cardinals are uh, ready to throw it out. And Cliff Kingsbury is probably going to be on his way out. David Blau starting again. Uh, they almost beat the Falcons last week at home. Uh, but now they're playing a 49ers team who's red hot right now, trying to win their 10th straight game. Freaking ridiculous. 49ers are the hottest team in football, in my opinion. They're my pick to come out of the NFC as of right now. Uh, but we'll see what happens, man. Brock Purdy's been playing great. This is a blowout. Have nothing else to say about this. David Blau versus Brock Purdy and those 49ers. This is going to be ugly. Let's go 35 to David Blau 10. 35 to 10, Cardinals will lose. And I keep forgetting the spread. I apologize. San Francisco is favored by 14 and 97% in the ESPN Pigskin Pick'em have them winning as well as 86% for the Philadelphia Eagles over the Giants and 92% for the Bengals over the Ravens. So big, big spreads this week and big percentages. So I know we've saved the Cowboys gains for last most of the time, uh, but I I just want to get this one out of the way because unfortunately I don't think we're going to clinch the number one overall seed. I know it's on the line, but I I don't think we're even going to win the division. I think we're going to stay at fifth seed and we're probably going to play Tampa Bay. So let's get this one out of the way. Dallas Cowboys going on the road to play the Washington Commanders. 91% in favor of the Cowboys in this one as they are opening up as a touchdown favorite on the road against the Washington Commanders. Sam Howe, this is what I want to talk about. Sam Howe, rookie quarterback from North Carolina. This is going to be the eighth different starter in Coach Ron Rivera's three seasons and the 33rd start for the franchise since its last one Super Bowl after the 1991 season, he'll get to face the NFL's 10th-ranked pass defense, which has recorded the third-most sacks and is tied for sixth-most interception. Okay, so obviously the bold prediction would be the Cowboys get the number one overall seed because somehow the Cardinals beat the 49ers and somehow the Giants beat the Eagles. Not going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, and I honestly, I hope the Cowboys... If they win this game and the Eagles lose, that kind of does scare me because if the 49ers get the one seed and we go to two, we might have to play Green Bay. And we all know how that that show goes when Aaron Rodgers plays the Cowboys, and especially in the playoffs. I'm not going to be rooting for that one at all. So if we win this game and the Eagles beat the, the Giants, okay, at least we know, right? But let's just end this season on a high note. Let's get ready for Tampa Bay. And let's go, baby. It's almost playoff time. So last game of the season, hopefully we can pull some starters out. 
early on if we're blowing them out. I don't know. I'll just say that the Cowboys win. Uh, let's go 26 to 17. I mean, Sam Howe, I think he'll show some flashes. I'm excited to see him. I've been talking, I was talking about in the offseason that if Carson Wentz was playing bad, maybe you could possibly throw Sam Howell in uh, to get a chance. But then Tyler, he- Taylor Heineke came in again and had a little bit of a midseason, you know, resurgence for them. And Sam Howell didn't get a chance. But I do like how Taylor Heineke, I, I love how he's been a great teammate in this scenario and saying, you know what, I think Sam Howell deserves this shot and let's see what he's got. So, you know, Washington has got nothing to lose. They're already eliminated. So they could try to play spoiler against the Cowboys, but I think the Cowboys got this one. Uh, looking at that Tennessee game, you know, try not to overreact too much. I'm a little concerned about this team. Uh, but I guess it, the one thing is certain is on a short week against the inferior team, and your favorite big, the Cowboys are going to play it out on their opponents. I guess that's just guaranteed, right? Because that was a preseason game for Tennessee. And we went in there and we kept it close. But at the end of the day, we still covered. So that all that matters. And you know how they say, no matter how ugly it is or how great it is, a win is a win. So at least the Cowboys won. It was a short week. And this week they get more rest. Hopefully they play good and look good and, and go and get some momentum going into the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. I got the Cowboys winning, like I said, 26 to 17. Okay. So I was just talking about this game a second ago, Los Angeles Chargers going on the road to play the Denver Broncos. Denver's two and a half point favorites. Now I'm thinking that that's because there's a possibility that the Chargers end up resting some players, especially if the, uh, the Bengals take care of the Ravens. Uh, which, man, I'm I'm sorry I keep going back to that game, but I just, I can't get over the fact that the Bengals are going to get shafted, man. Like, the fact that that the Ravens somehow beat the Bengals, like, that game is going to be decided for a coin toss, like, that's just BS. I hope that's not the case. I hope the Bengals just end up beating them and the Ravens learn their lesson with all that Lamar crap. So, uh, but this game, I think, you know, once that game is over, the Chargers will know that they're locked in at fifth seed. It doesn't matter if they win this game. Let's let's keep some players healthy going into the playoffs, get some momentum in that first half, and maybe we'll beat the Broncos. So, yes, this is a game that I should probably pick Denver because I do have the Chargers right now. And, and, and Preston and I did say that if the Ravens were to beat the Bengals, then, okay, we keep Chargers. But if Bengals go ahead and beat the Ravens and the Chargers are already locked in, we're, we might change our pick to the Broncos. So, Right now, I have the Chargers. Depending on how that Bengals and Ravens game goes, I might change it to the Broncos. I might not. I got Chargers right now. Uh, let's just say low scoring. Let's go uh, 24 to 21. Uh, Chargers get it done and vice versa if the Bengals end up beating the Ravens and I end up changing my pick. So I'll tell you guys next week what I end up doing, but I don't know. I have until Sunday to decide. So we'll see what happens. Los Angeles Rams going on the road to play the Seattle Seahawks, 84% in favor of the Seahawks in this game. By the way, Chargers were 88% still, even though the Broncos were favorites. So interesting to note there. As far as the spread goes in this one, the Seahawks are favored by six. That's a big spread. I understand because Seattle does have more to play for, right? They're fighting for a playoff spot. And yes, I know Seattle fans are, are really mad right now because they're saying, why would they schedule this game like before the the Packers and the Lions game? At the end of the day, if the, the Seahawks win this game, the Lions know that they're eliminated, so they have nothing to play for. But let's slow our roll there a little bit. Do you guys really think that Dan Campbell, with the opportunity to uh, eliminate a division rival, is going to just say, oh, we're eliminated, we're just not going to try? Hell no. They're going to do everything in their willpower 
to go beat this Green Bay Packers team in Lambeau Field. Now, we'll talk about that game in a second, but Seattle, you do not have to trip. Do not have to trip about Detroit not trying to play. Dan Campbell's going to have those boys ready to play against Green Bay. They might lose, and yes, you might not get in the playoffs, but you don't have to worry about the Lions not attempting to try that game just because they're eliminated. The Lions and Dan Campbell, that's just not their mindset. They're going to want to do everything they can to get the Packers out of the playoffs. So I, they would rather have you guys make it than the Packers if, if you guys win. Don't worry about that. Just take care of business against this Rams team, and you got it. Now, a lot on the line in this game for the Rams, too. They're eliminated. You can argue they you know, they got nothing to play for. And this could be Sean McVay's last game as a head coach because he might go work up in the booth for a couple seasons and come back. And I, I think so because he doesn't want to be a part of the rebuild. He's already accomplished everything with this team, right? Like maybe he wants to go take a break, make more money, and then come back and coach in the future. But it's looking like right now that players and people would think or would be more surprised if Sean McVay did come back than not coming back at all. So they're banking on him this being his last game. And so you could say, yes, the Rams are going to play spoiler and eliminate the Seahawks. Uh, but I think the Seahawks have more to play for. I think this game is going to be close. You know, last time these two teams played, it came down to the very end. And, you know, DK clutched it up and they won that game. So I think the Rams can definitely play spoiler. I'm not going to pick them. I like Seattle here, but I do like Rams covering. I do love the Rams covering. Minus six is is big. So give me the Rams to cover. I love to see Sean McVay go out on top, but, you know, Baker Mayfield has this trend, right? Like he plays really good one week and then plays bad next week. He plays really good. So based on the trajectory, last week they got blown out by the Chargers. The week before they blew out the Broncos, right? Like based on this trajectory, and then the week before they – they lost to the Packers, and the week before, he beat the Raiders. So, you know, the roller coaster effect, right? Like, who is Baker Mayfield? Is he going to play good this week? And based on how that trend has been going, he's going to play really good, and the Rams win. I think it ends. I think the Seahawks win this game because they got more to play for, and I think it's going to be close, but I love the Rams covering. Love the Rams covering absolutely in this game. Seahawks win 27-24. to It's going to be an exciting one. And now the main event, the last game of the regular season. Packers win. They get in. They control their destiny. The Lions would have to hope for the Rams to beat the Seahawks and then to beat Green Bay so they can get into the playoffs. Uh, now you could argue that people want to see the Rams win because they want to see the Lions and the Packers be a win and get in scenario, which I'm okay with that. Uh, but I'm going to go off based on what I picked. And I have the Seahawks taking care of LA. It's going to be a close game. So that means Detroit is eliminated, but they can still eliminate Green Bay. And now here's the deal. I can't believe that a couple weeks ago we went from four and eight to Jordan Love should start to now they're eight and eight. And if they win, they're in the playoffs. I mean, that's crazy. Green Bay is a team I do not want to play. It's going to be really hard for us to play them because, you know, we would have to win and Eagles would have to lose. I don't think that's going to happen. And then Green Bay would have to win. There's a lot of scenarios that have to happen. But I hope we don't play them. I would, if, you know, if we did get the second seed, I would want to play Detroit, right? Like I'm going to be rooting for Detroit heavily or I'm going to be rooting for Seattle, right? Not Green Bay. Anybody for Green Bay, they're the hottest team right now, uh, you know, that's not in the playoffs. So they're the hottest team that could get in the playoffs, I should say. And I mean, they do this all the time. They just throttled the Minnesota Vikings last week. And I, I even said that Jair Alexander, you know, backed up his shit talk, shutting down Justin Jefferson. 
And, you know, I, ju- I just think it's going to be really hard for the Lions to go on the road and beat the Packers in Lambeau Field and sweeping them. I mean, that's even that's even bigger test to ask for them, right? Like, it's going to be awesome, but the Lions are going to do everything they can. They're going to fight, and I think this game is going to be very competitive. But I can't bet against Aaron Rodgers on an elimination game to go to the playoffs. I think they're going to win, they're going to get in, and they're going to play the 49ers next week in the wild card round. And it's going to be exciting. I mean, that's going to be that's going to go with the storyline of Aaron Rodgers and 49ers. You can't beat him in the playoffs. Uh, this is a team that should have drafted him. Then they always beat him in the playoffs. And then last year, number one overall seed, they lost in Lambeau Field in a snowy game with Jimmy G. Like, you know, like it's it's just it's great for the storyline. So going to be rooting for the Lions heavily in this game. But unfortunately, I'm going to take the Packers. 69% of the uh, ESPN picks can pick him, obviously. Have, have them as well, and then they're five-point favorites. So going to be room for the Lions. This game was flexed to Sunday Night Football for a reason. Going to keep my eye out on this game. But I like the uh, I like the Green Bay Packers to win this game. So that's going to do it this week, guys. I appreciate you guys joining me. Like I said, we're a little short for time. We had some pretty good conversations with some of these head coaching positions. And, you know, obviously we got, uh, what do they call it, Black Monday uh, for NFL. We talked a little bit about some of the coaches that could get fired. Uh, this week we'll see what happens you know we always have guys like Cliff Kingsbury you know see what happens with lovely lovey Smith uh is, you know Saints gonna fire Dennis Allen I don't know man there's a lot of things you know I guess you got Arthur Smith you know there's there's a lot of coaches you know I think maybe Black Monday this year won't be as big as last year uh but I mean you you have teams that will need coaches and like every single year so and I will see you guys next week for the wild card. It's going to be a big week. Enjoy some football and enjoy the national championship on Monday. It's going to be a good weekend of football. Have a good one.